Maddie Everson, and this is the story behind our music. Oh, yeah. Tell you something. I think you episode of the story behind our music, I want to look at an invasion and how it helped prompt change in our country. You might remember the American Revolution from history class. It was when the United States gained its independence from Great Britain. But do you remember the British invasion in 1964? That was a time in musical history when British bands suddenly became the sound to hear. This invasion came while America was in a time of internal struggle. Our country was wrestling with a way to come together after a hundred years of trying to keep people separated. Brown versus the Board of Education of Topeka, to paraphrase, said, Segregation didn't work and was inherently biased. But America, especially the Deep South, attempted to make it work. The races were expected to keep separated in every aspect of their life. Music should have been an exception, especially this new rock and roll that pulled influences from all music and tried to bring people of all races together. But there was always something dividing people. Whether separated by a velvet rope down the middle of the theater keeping people apart or maybe not being allowed into the concert because of color or lack of it. Many promoters found a way to keep concerts segregated. Several artists tried to cut the velvet rope, but they just didn't have the power. The list of names that tried to integrate concerts included names like Ray Charles, Chuck Berry, and Joan Baez, who you are hearing now. They drove old Dixie down And all the people were singing they However, a task this big would require a band of four lads from Liverpool and a phenomenon known as Beatlemania. The Beatles had grown up in a time and place where there was really no such thing as segregation. Although segregation was officially outlawed with the passing of the Civil Rights Bill in 1964, it was still very much present in many places. One of these places was St. Augustine, Florida, only a 45-minute drive from Jacksonville and the Gator Bowl, where the Beatles were scheduled to perform on September 11, 1964. St. Augustine was a hotbed of racial turmoil earlier that year. This is how Malcolm Gay of the Boston Globe recounted it. In the spring of 1964, the country's attention turned to St. Augustine, Florida, as segregationist mobs attacked civil rights activists and police deployed cattle prods to disperse crowds hauling protesters off to jail. It was one of the bloodiest campaigns of the civil rights movement. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. was the target of at least one assassination plot. Reporters were intimidated and assaulted, and in one particular dramatic moment, a hotel owner poured acid into the water as activists tried to integrate a swimming pool. When a reporter informed the Beatles that the Gator Bowl was to be segregated, there was an immediate problem. Unlike modern concert performers and their sometimes crazy request, the Fab Four's demand from the promoters were relatively sensible. This is what they required. The band's trailer required electricity and water, and for their dressing rooms, the purchaser must provide four cots, mirrors, an ice cooler, portable TV set, and clean towels. But this segregation issue was a whole other story and had to be addressed. So their manager, Brian Epstein, put this clause in this and all future contracts. The band will not be required to perform before a segregated audience. Paul McCartney said it this way, That's the way people in England feel, because there's never any segregation in concerts in England. Ringo Starr said this about it in the 2016 Ron Howard documentary, Eight Days a Week. We played to people. That's what we did. We didn't play to those people or that people. We just played to people. 
In the whole scheme of the civil rights movement of the 1960s, I'm not sure how much impact that the Beatles' stand against segregation had, but they did make a stand. And maybe it was this stand that opened some people's eyes. Paul later claimed that the lyrics to the Beatles' song Blackbird were inspired by him watching the civil rights movement unfold in the U.S. Singing in the dead of I'm Addie, and you can see more of my The Story Behind Our Music at thestorybehindourmusic.tumblr.com. And to hear past The Story Behind Our Music shows, get my podcast on iTunes or podcast.com. To be free.